Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Uh, it, it's, it's fine. So, um, anywho, I'm trying to figure out how to. There you go. I think I can hear you better now. Okay, good. So uh, I got the I got the pictures that you sent me. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing the pictures are in order of the pages. I'm I'm looking at the page numbers. It looks like they're in order. Yeah. Um, so I guess starting from the beginning, um, page 234, um, it, it says, it says explanation, uh, and then it says, uh, would you like to try and search for treasure? And then it says, um, this, this book uh, is a book about searching for treasure, and it's split into two, mainly two sections. Um, the first section uh, is the treasure search that the fairy has brought, um, and it is the main part of the book. Uh, the second section is production that have been uh, that have crossed over to the new continent um, and it's kind of like a uh, just a story uh, is what it says um, and then it says <clears throat> okay so it says that um, after reading through the first section about the treasure hunt, um, we should think or, or ponder, ponder about the stories of the fairies in the second part. And, um, and then, then it's got the first little like section header, uh, after the second paragraph, it says, uh, about the puzzle of the treasure hunt. And then the paragraph starts, it says, um, so <clears throat> must read the poems and um, um, the 12 so we must not just read it so it's comparing it says you have to read them but then it says but when I say read I mean because it's got all these secrets in it we have to kind of comb, comb over it with a fine tooth comb is kind of like the nuance. Uh-huh. Um, and then it says, um, so don't read it like a poem, but rather read it more like a, you know, a, a cipher or like a cryptography cipher or something like that. Um, and then it says, <clears throat> however, uh, there are there is a big problem uh, that that appears when you read this. Uh, and that is because, uh, um, okay, it's kind of, it's, it's giving a, a long explanation that's kind of confusing. So I'm going to, uh, okay. So. Um, it says that there is a big problem. This is the last paragraph of 234. Uh, there is a big problem. And what that is, is that um, 
in the poems, in the 12 poems, um, you can read it from start to finish. However, um, however, there are many ways to read it. Like, for instance, if you read one line, you are not sure whether that one line is connected to the line before it or the line after it. Uh, and that's kind of left vague on purpose. And then moving to page 235, uh, in regards to this point, uh, a friend of mine, an American friend of mine, um, uh, read the poems for me, and I asked him, so I'm assuming that the, the author of this is uh, a Japanese guy. He goes, and I asked him which one does, you know, certain lines that I was confused about uh, connect to. Does it connect to the line before or the line after? And, and he told me that it's not clear, that it's left vague on purpose. So, um, so, the, so the person... I'm, I'm not sure if it's the author. Um, it, it says, uh, a, an acquaintance of mine that is an American. Ah, okay. uh, I, asked him, I asked him about the kind of like the grammatical state of those poems and that american didn't, uh, that american said uh uh it's it's vague so there's no way to 100% say one way or the other is what he told me so so that that's basically I, i'm not sure if this american that he's talking about is the author but it is it is uh it does look like uh that the person who translated this book into japanese is the person who's kind of speaking uh, in this writing here, right, um, is what it. Um, so, it, and then the next paragraph, it's the second paragraph on two thirty-five. Um, it says, also, um, even if not just looking at the lines, but uh, on a word level. So, on a word by word level, um, there are a lot of uh, of. Japanese words that could go, like go with the the English translations. So, I think here he's talking kind of about the translating part, uh, where he's like, "Well, when I was translating it in Japanese, there were a lot of words, not only lines that were ambiguous, but words that were ambiguous to the point where I wasn't sure which Japanese word to use to translate." So, in uh, so when I created this translation. I decided to leave the original English in this book, is what he said. So he's explaining why the original English is, is in there. Uh, he's saying it's because the kind of the ambiguity is kind of a part of the artwork. So translating it into Japanese won't do it any justice. So he decided to leave the original poems in English because of all of these ambiguities on the line level and the word level. So it, it seems like <clears throat> this first two pages or so is just kind of explaining the history behind the story and how he kind of came to translate it. So um, just kind of looking ahead a little bit, it doesn't really look like um, these two pages really have any hints. It looks like, like it's just explaining kind of like the, the background of his translation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll continue translating if you want me to. Yeah. It, I th yeah. I think we were kind of, the reason 
behind these trains? So um, he said, he said, all right. So I, um, so my my Japanese translations are kind of like just a a something to go by, and I left the original trans uh, the original English uh, for you know just in just in case. However, uh, this is the third paragraph. He says, however. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So, however, even if you have the original English and my kind of, you know, rough Japanese translation, um, self-deprecating Japanese, you know, culture. So he's saying, you know, my, my poor translation, if you have my poor translation in the original English, it's as if you were grasping at clouds. It's very vague still. So this is this is not like a special, um, this is not a special idiom. Uh, grasping at clouds is kind of like what we use with grasping at straws, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, grasping at clouds is a very common thing. So I, I don't think there's a special meaning to clouds, but I, I don't know, there could be. But he said it's like grasping at clouds. Um, it's very vague, is, is the first sentence. And then he said... Um, because of that, um, I actually made an international phone call to the original works editor who lives in New York and his name is Byron Breeze. Bryce. Uh, or, yeah, Bryce, uh, Bryce, yeah, okay. Byron Bryce. Uh, it's, it's like phonetic Japanese, so it's not really, I couldn't really tell what the spelling was in English. Gotcha. Um, and... And I, I gave him a phone call, and uh, I, I received a special hint for Japanese readers. So this is interesting. Okay. Uh, and he said, um, however, this hint is not a kind of hint where you could solve the puzzles immediately. Uh, so it's not like a super hint, but it's a tiny hint. Um, however... Uh, in some cases, I okay. So he says, however, in um, in some cases, these hints are act confusing. So, so, so in some cases, these hints end up confusing you more than you would have if you hadn't heard the hints. Uh, is and that's the end of the paragraph. Hmm. And so he says, but in any case. Uh, hints are hints, so, um, so, uh, so if you use those hints uh, and do some detective work, uh, you can, you can perhaps find a shortcut to the fairy's treasure. Um, so, <laughs> so let's all use our heads. Is the last sentence. So that's the end of two thirty-five. Um, I'm going to 236 now, uh, and it has the little hand, and ne- next to the hand it says, um, so these are hints for solving the 12 poems. And then the small text with the star underneath it says, um, all of these hints are related to the original English, and they are not ne- necessarily related to the uh, poor Japanese translation." 
So it's just a reminder saying, remember these hints, even though I will give you these hints in Japanese, are talking about the original English. Okay, so uh, poem number one. Uh, the list says keywords. So these are keywords that you should focus on. Uh, I'm assuming these aren't poems because looking at them, it's just like one word per line. So I'm guessing this is just parts of the poem that you should look at. It is, yeah. Uh, I yeah, okay. So um, it has a bunch of numbers and two symbols, and those two symbols means uh, line number. So line number one, line number two, line number three, line number six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So basically in all of these things, these two symbols says line number and then whatever number came before it. Uh, and then it shows you the English words uh, that are on those lines that are key key parts of the hint. Okay, so after the list of all words, uh, there's another section below it that says in parentheses, uh, hints or hidden meanings is what's inside the parentheses. And then it says line number nine, the water veers... Um, is water that is being shot up into the sky. So do you think this is a normal spring or do you think it is a fountain, like a man-made fountain? What do you think? So th this is like a, a you know, a kind of like a rhetorical question or like a question that is meant to make you think. Mm -hmm. So it says, this water here is referring to water that shoots up at the sky. What kind of water shoots up at the sky? Is it a fountain? Is it a natural hot springs like uh, uh, Yosemite Park? Uh, what is it? That, that's the question. Then it says row number 10. Small of scale. Okay. And then it says small in English obviously means small. But what does scale mean? In, in Japan... We have, uh, we have one thing that uses the English word scale called scale model, which scale model uses kind of like the, the phonetic words of kind of like how in English we say the word sushi rather than calling it raw fish. We just take the Japanese word and pronounce it in our language. Mm -hmm. They have a word in Japanese that's scale model, which is just the Japanese pronunciation of scale model which refers to like, you know, plastic models that are, that are at like a, you know, a three to one scale or something like that. So like if you make little tiny models of cars or whatever, and it's like, this is totally 100% ac accurate, um, but it's to a certain scale. Um, that's what a scale model is. So I'm guessing that this hint is probably saying, well, think of what scale model, what the meaning of scale is. And people would look at that and be like, well, I guess scale model is referring to the fact that it's, it's at a certain scale compared to the original. Um, so he's, he's probably pointing you. Small of scale uh, means, you know, that the, the, um, the relative size compared to what, you know, it should be or what the original is uh, would be small. And I think, I think this hint is probably a little bit more for Japanese readers who don't understand English because it doesn't really feel like, it kind of feels like the, 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 the hint behind this one is like, not many Japanese people know what the meaning of scale is, so think about what scale models are, and maybe you'll find out that it means, you know, 
relative size. Um, but I, I, I'm not seeing anything else, you know, super hinty. Um, and then the next one says 16 to 17. So line 16 to 17, which interestingly enough is not in the keywords. Uh, line 16 to 17, it says, what we take to be our strongest tower of delight. A quote from a famous book. What is that famous book? That's the hint. So it's it says that uh, the the editor told him that uh, that this is a direct quote from a famous book. Uh, what is that famous book? Uh, so I guess if you figure out what that famous book is, it might be a hint. So, so uh, line twenty one. There's the spout. There's the spout. Uh, he says that this is referring to the water of mirrors in line nine. So, yeah, so the hint of, of 20, line 21 is that there's the spout refers to the, the hint in line number nine where it says, you know, it's probably like a fountain or a, a natural spring or something. So the spout is referring to that fountain or spring or whatever. Okay? All right. Okay, so number two, um, poem number two. Uh, keywords, um, lines, you can figure that out. And then the hidden hints uh, at the bottom. <clears throat> Line number seven. Fills the afternoon hours. Uh, if, if you translate it to Japanese directly, means, and then he says fills the afternoon hours, which is literally like afternoon hours and then fill like you'd fill a cup. Um but he says, but he says there is actually a more direct and easier, simpler way to translate this expression. Da 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 da. Question mark. So um, he's saying that you know you can translate this directly as to like filling as if you'd fill a cup, filling the afternoon hours um, but there's actually a much more direct way and simpler way uh, because you know obviously it doesn't really make sense uh, because you know in English we say fill the hours or whatever and that means you know like by time or whatever but in Japanese it's very the direct translation he gave is very very awkward because we don't use the word mitasu, which means to fill, uh, for like time, we use it for like filling the cup or filling a whatever. Um, so I think, I think this is also pointing toward uh, just a translation glitch thing. Like like he's trying to explain the original English uh, by you know kind of getting around a Japanese translation. So I don't think this hint is really useful. I think he's trying to point out that the word. Mitasu, which is, you know, fill a cup, doesn't necessarily, it means like to fill our time, to, to, to bide our time kind of thing. So I think he's trying to point them in, in the way of understanding fills in this context. Uh, so I'm, I'm not seeing any real big hints, but I did translate the, the hint for you there. Um, so lines eight to nine, uh, here is a 
sovereign people who build palaces to shelter their heads for a night. Uh, and then he says, oh, this is a direct quote from a famous book. So what, uh, so let's, okay, this is an interesting way of putting it. He basically says the same thing as the last hint, where he says, let's figure out what book it's quoted from. But instead of saying, what is that famous book? He says, so let's pull out the encyclopedia and flip it up. So I think maybe this is him trying to be clever and telling more of a hint than he should, I guess. I don't know. But um, there is an idiom in Japanese where you say turning something upside down means going through something thoroughly. But it does also mean literally turning something upside down if you want it to. Um, and he says, like, specifically, instead of saying look for the book in a library or whatever, he says, like, look. He literally says, this is a direct quote from a famous book. So let's go ahead and turn the encyclopedia upside down, is what he's saying. So I don't know if he's referring to a specific encyclopedia. Maybe this is a quote from a specific encyclopedia, and the entry that contains this quote is, is something of consequence. Um, and, you know, maybe he's referring to, I'm not exactly sure, but. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a better uh, translation for uh, uh, for encyclopedia, because maybe there's, because I know that in English we have a bunch of words that kind of mean encyclopedia, so I want to be really sure that this is correct. Yeah, it does look like, okay. So um, this could be referring to a... Um, a Japanese to English dictionary uh, because apparently they use this word also not only for encyclopedias but they also use it for um, uh, like dictionaries okay so it could, it could be referring to the dictionary so it could be saying turn the dictionary upside down or like you know go through it thoroughly or you know turn the encyclopedia upside down go through it thoroughly uh, but I do find it interesting that he said turn it upside down. Maybe that, that is it. I don't know. Um, yeah, so, and that's the end of 237. So 238, um, you got the keywords, you got the line numbers, and then it said hidden. <clears throat> that's a nice little fairy there. Uh, hidden, uh, hidden hints. Uh, he said, oh, this is actually an interesting hint. So... For the third poem, the editor told me that if I gave you any hint at all, it would immediately solve the riddle. So I will not give you a hint, is what he was told. Hmm. So he was not given a hint for number three, but he was told the keywords, which are listed there, and he was told that if I gave you a hint, it would give away the, the riddle immediately. So there is a hint that exists that would give away the, the riddle completely, and the editor could not think of any other hint besides that one hint that would give it away immediately. So that in itself, I guess, is kind of it. Okay, so uh, 
column number four, uh, list of keywords. And then on the next page is at the top of the next page is the hidden hints uh, for column number four. And it says line number 11, free speech means free speech. But what does that mean is what he's, so he basically just translated. So I'm, I'm guessing that means that in his quote unquote poor translation, he probably didn't use this phrasing for uh, free speech. Um, and so he's clarifying it here as a hint. So just to give you kind of a, and people learn American history and they learn about the First Amendment. Most Japanese translations of the First Amendment use freedom of speech like this. So it's not like a super special translation, but the literal, like if I were to take that that free speech translation and word like letter by letter explain exactly what it means, it, it means, you know, um, uh, and then freedom. So freedom of words and theories. Um, but I think this is more like a like for people who can't quite get the original English and are confused about why the Japanese is completely different or something like that. So the second hint uh, for line 11, the public is referring to, so it's explaining kind of like a historical uh, thing. Public is referring to a kind of line memory that Shakespeare used to use in his play. So, first to a lot of noise going on in the background. Go ahead, I can, I can still hear you. you. You can still hear me? Okay, good. All right, so that was the second hint. The second hint was couplet. Couplet is a kind of two-line poetic function that Shakespeare used to use a lot, and that is the hint. Uh, the third hint is line 13. Columns is referring to, you know, columns of a building. Um, and he said, okay, so the editor told me that these columns are made out of stone. So the hint is, what is the most famous stone column structure in the world? I'm, I'm thinking Stonehenge is what I'm thinking, but I, I don't know about you, but that's what the hint is. Um, so poem number five, keywords, lines, okay. And then the hints are, for line number one, the hint is lane. This is, um, when you, when you translate this directly, it refers to a small road, um, or a s small pathway. Um, but the lane that is used in this context is a proper noun. So a proper noun means that it is a name of something. So what is it a name of? Is it a name of a mountain? Is it a name of a river? Is it a name of a town? Or else... Dot, 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 question mark. So... It's saying that the lane in line number one is is not referring to a street or a pathway. It is referring to a proper noun or the name of some sort of place. Uh, he says mountain, river, uh, town, 
or dot, 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 dot. So I'm guessing it's probably not a mountain, a river, or a town, because <laughs> I guess he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to give it away. Um, so it's the name of something. So that's a hint. Uh, number four, uh, line number four, is weight and roots. Uh, this is... Okay. So weight and roots... He says that the, he referring to the editor, he says that uh, you should think about construction while reading this. So like construction of buildings, you know, construction work. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm getting weight and roots. Uh, this area of weight and roots on line number four, you should think about construction while you are reading it. Um, and then line number nine, wingless bird if you translate it directly it means bird without wings so you translate it directly um but for instance iron horse oh okay for instance iron horse oh okay so um Apparently, he's trying to show that just because it's talking about a wingless bird, it doesn't mean it's a literal bird without wings, but that in Japanese, and I didn't know this, I just Googled it, and apparently it's so. Apparently, motorcycle people, like people who are into motorcycles in Japan, they call their bikes, their, their motorcycles, they call them iron horses, like the phonetic, like, like what I said with sushi, like they just take the word iron horse in English and they call their motorcycles iron horse or something like that. Um, so just as that is so, so it's not literally referring to a horse made out of iron. You think of what a wingless bird could refer to. And then it kind of bleeds onto the second page. And, oh, and in Japan, you can actually see this thing very easily. So whatever wingless birds refers to, it is very easy to see in Japan. Uh, um, or specifically in Japan, uh, he says also in Japan. In other words, this is not something that's like in Europe or in America that no one will have any idea of what it is. He's trying to make a point that whatever wingless bird is referring to, uh, you can you can see them just as easily in Japan as you can, and you know wherever this book was written. So wingless bird, I don't know, airplane, helicopter, yeah, I, yeah, helicopters. So uh, that that's the hint. And then uh, poem number six, uh, lines, keywords, uh, um, and then the hints are for line two to three, men of tales and tunes, cruel and bold. So, hold on to the show. Okay, so, uh, men of tales and tunes, cruel and bold. Uh, he's, he, then he then translates it into Japanese. 
which the it's a direct translation. There's no special real translation. Uh, and then it says, "What kind of men are these?" Uh, and then and then it says, "The word romance is is I guess somewhere else in the poem." Mm -hmm. uh, he says, "The word the word romance is there." But do not think of it literally. As far as romance is concerned, in Japan, we think of romance as being, you know, a romantic story or like a romance between two people who love, who love each other. However, that is not the case. In Middle Ages Europe, dot, 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 dot. So in other words, he's saying... He's probably pointing that the word romance in Middle Ages Europe Europe probably had a different meaning, and meaning will tell you what kind of men these men are. Uh, I guess bards, or I, I don't really know. But yeah, that's the hint. Uh, line number nine, uh, the birth of a century. So he says, he referred to the... He referring to the uh, editor, uh, he says that this is referring to a specific century's birth. So, what century is it referring to? Uh, what is the century talking about? So that that's the hint. So this is the birth of the century is referring to a specific century. Uh, which century is it? And like, you know, that will be a hint. If you, if you figure out what these they're referring to. I, I, I heard you again. Okay. Now everything is fine again. Huh. Yeah, it, what ha um, last time and, and this current time, what happened was it slowly got more and more, la like the noise behind you got louder and louder and louder to the point where I couldn't hear anything and mm -hmm. I wouldn't, like, I would say hello and hear anything at all. Uh. Um, it was just a lot of... I guess it's got to be the connection because... Sorry. Yeah, I'm probably talking about that. So, page 240, uh, fourth line from the bottom. So, um, it says line number 10, May 1913. And it's the hint is uh, open up your history textbook to May, to May 1913. Uh, what happened in May 1913 is the hint. Uh, and then line 14 to 15. It says, between two arms extended, below the bar that binds, uh, it says, a hint, the arm, the arm that it is talking about of what angle you put it in. Again, uh, he said, it is difficult to give a hint for this one, but arm bar binds, which is to, you know, join together or to connect, then that means that the bar needs to be something that, that can bind, which is a hint. So, so those are the two things that he gives for his poem. Is it referring to the White House, or is it for referring to a White House? So is it a specific White House with capital letters, like the proper name of the House of the President of the United States? Or is it referring to just a, a house that is white? And uh, and if you put a, if you put the on it, then it is the home of the American president. 
if you put an A on it, then it's just a it's white. So because there is no A or the, uh, which one is it? That that's the hint. So uh, poem number seven, uh, it has the keywords, uh, and then it has some guy in a crown, and uh, then below the keywords it says line number two, sweet, generally means sweet as in taste, uh, sweet as in taste, but that you should not really be concentrating on the taste, because the editor says. That, for example, the air of some place, or like the air of a situation, can be sweet. Like if you see two lovers glancing at each other, and you say the air was filled with sweet, sweet sense of romance or whatever, blah blah blah. Um, so the air could be sweet without being tasty sweet. Uh, it can smell sweet or feel sweet. Um, so. Uh, Think of how air can be sweet. It is the hint, apparently. Apparently, air is very important to this sweet meaning. Um, yeah. So, um, line number four, it says high post. Uh, this post is made out of wood. That's the hint. Um, line number five, education and justice. Uh, this okay, so it's very difficult to understand what education and justice is referring to. However, after education and justice, it says can be seen not far. So it, it's skipping to the next page now. Um, can be seen not far. Um, the editor told me. The editor told me that if you think of, if you think of the can be seen not far, and you add something onto it, and you think hard about it, then it becomes easier to understand. Says the editor. And he said, okay. Then he kind of directly translates it. Uh, in education and justice, saldo tokunai tokoro ni mieru. Saldo can be can be seen not far. Saldo tokunai tokoro ni mieru no wa. Okay, so he's saying what. This is this is also kind of ambiguous in Japanese, but what I'm kind of getting is he made a direct translation of the education and justice can be seen not far, and he said education and justice can be seen not far, or another way I could translate would be education and justice are seen in a place that is not too far away from here. That would be a more direct translation, but it's not clear what he's kind of getting at. And then he says at the end of that, um, "What? What would 
like I guess I guess he's saying like what what place is this? It's kind of ambiguous. He he's saying like in regards to this, uh, in regards to that sentence, like things regarding to that sentence is what? It's kind of hard to explain. I don't understand Japanese, but it's um it's kind of like um it in, he's asking what is the place that I refer to when I say place because he does have the word for place in his Japanese translation. Um, what is the place? Or maybe he's referring to what is the justice in education? Um, but I I think he's trying to make you think of okay what is a place where uh, education and justice don't get line number nine uh, sounds from the sky uh, and then he says he gives a direct translation and he says what is it referring to there's a lot of sounds that that are heard from the sky for instance the sound of a bird the sound of a plane the sound of superman no no no, no he doesn't do that. Uh, the sound of a bird, the sound of a plane, uh, the sound of the wind. Uh, and then he says, uh, there's also sounds that don't, that are not registered by human ears. There's also sounds that you cannot hear without a special machine. 12, uh, twain. Bring it up again, but I'm guessing it's just Mark Twain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably. Okay. So let's see. So that is the end of poem number seven. Now poem number not uh, poem number eight. Uh, it has keywords, and then it has the little goblin with like a flower, uh, and then uh, the hidden meanings. Uh, it's line number one. The three stories of Mitchell uh, is, and then he kind of translates it, saying it's the three stories of Mitchell. Uh, but he says that the word stories has special meaning. So is it referring to the three, like, bedtime stories of Mitchell? Or is it referring to the three stories of Mitchell as in like a three-story building. And then he said, at first, I thought that it meant the three like bedtime stories, uh, but Mr. Bryce, or Brees, or whoever the editor was, uh, said it means three stories, like three-story building. It sounded like 
It sounded like when he said three stories, like a three-story other thing. And so it looked like he was trying to avoid giving away too much, and he was trying to think of a more generic way of explaining the meaning of stories so that the guy could translate it better. So obviously, if you think of the mindset of the editor, he wants the Japanese translation to be as accurate as possible, and he wants the Japanese translator to kind of be quote-unquote, kind of like in on it a little bit so that he knows for the very confusing words how to translate it accurately so that the Japanese people have a fighting chance at solving the riddle, I guess is his point, at helping the guy. Yeah. So it sounds like he was trying to give him information, but he kept on thinking like, uh, do I want to say three this or do I want to say three that? No, that would give away too much. So I guess he was trying to figure out what is a context that uses stories in the same way as the the actual meaning of stories that I that I am using, without giving away what the stories are referring to? Uh, and so I guess he said he probably thought that a three story building is the closest meaning of story that wouldn't give away the the, the meaning of what the stories are referring to. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, the hint for line number one. Uh, for line number two, uh, it says, uh, the beating of the world. Uh, this is a difficult part um, because beating uh, beating uh, is, is referring to Okay, this is kind of confusing. I'm going to read it, and then I'll get back to you. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so the, the beating of the world, the difficulty of the hint for this, the beating of the world, um, is that the hint, is that beating is referring to a drum, and the spelling for drum is D-R-U-M, and the hint is that you need to find the name of a person to get the hint for this. And in order to find that person's name, pull up an English dictionary, so I'm guessing it's a Japanese to English dictionary, or maybe it's just a new kitchen, and then find that person's name somewhere around the word drum. It says find the word drum in the English dictionary and then look somewhere around the word drum in the English dictionary and you will find the name of the person that you need to find in order to solve this mystery. Okay. Uh, and then the last part says that you will not get the treasure if you don't try hard. Um, so I don't know how far away it is from drum, but it sounds like you're going to have to work for it. Um, so for number eight to nine, it says step on nature, cast in copper. Uh, and, and he says, referring to the eight editor, he says that you should think of a leaf as in, like, the leaf of a tree. Well, and then he says, but what does a leaf mean? So, 
I think maybe he's trying to make you think of a leaf, and then you kind of have to make another step, thinking of, okay, what other kinds of leaves are there, uh, I guess, is what they're implying. But that's just what it is. Think of a leaf while you're reading this, and and also, what does a leaf... So, let me see, okay, number, uh, number 21... When I uh, that maybe it's re referring to a tree. Of course, I can't. Say, I think that it means tree. So it sounds like that Mr. Bryce was not trying. He was like, "Nope, I'm not going to give you a hint on this one." And then the Japanese guy just kept kind of like prodding him and be like, uh, "This, this, this," and looking at his reactions or listening to his reactions on each of them. The Japanese translator says, I think that the fifth, the tall fifth, is referring to a tree. But I'm not sure, and I can't make a direct explanation. I think it's a tree. So he's telling us directly what he thinks, and I think he's doing it because he he's not sure. So it, if he had gotten a direct answer from the editor, he would probably have to make it a little bit more ambiguous and be like, oh, what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, it sounds like she doesn't really know, but when he was kind of throwing things to see what would stick, uh, it seemed like uh, Tree gave him a different reaction from other words that he threw at the guy, and so he thinks that it's referring to a tree. Uh, poem number nine, uh, there's the key words, uh, and then it goes on to the next page, uh, page 244. Uh, and then at the beginning of page 244, this is for poem number nine, uh, it says, it says, Wind rose is referring to a nautical maneuver. So, in other words, people who would ride boats across the ocean. Mm -hmm. He said wind rose is referring to a maneuver that people who are maneuvering ships would do. So, it literally means nautical maneuver. Uh, he says that wind rose is referring to or related to a nautical maneuver is the hint. And then it goes on to poem number 10. Uh, Keyword listed out, uh, and then it says line number seven that is worrying. Um, and this, okay, from the Japanese. And he says, What kind of things make this sound? Uh, you would think maybe a bug or like a fly, or like a bee or something. Uh, maybe the sound of a propeller. Uh, there's a lot of things. But, so, uh, if you include the word cards from line seven, then it, it seems as though that the, the whirring sound is referring to something that runs across the land, like above land, so it's not flying. <laughs> It's not flying, and it's underground. It's on the land. It's running on the land, uh, and that's probably what's making. But I'm guessing you said bicycle. Yeah. So uh, the the translator says that when he asked the editor, the editor said that it is something that needs the power of humans to run, which means I'm guessing manual spinning a or spinning the pedals on a bicycle, you know, or something that involves a human being doing some work in order to make the thing move. So I'm guessing a bicycle or something that was in the Middle Ages that was like a bicycle, I don't know. So um, line number 12, 
of him of hard words in three vowels. Uh, this, uh, this, this one line made me think uh, that maybe it was referring to a. Um, I uh, I'm trying to figure out the translation of this. Um, if it makes you feel any better, even in English, this is the one line that everyone has a problem with. No one has any idea what this means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, no, wait, what page was it? Okay, here we go. Um, so it says, you would think that it's referring to a writer, um, but it's hard to so in other words him uh, of him of hard word in three vowels uh he says you would think or a normal person would think that him is referring to some kind of writer like a person who writes stories or poems or like these riddles or something like that someone who writes for a living um puts pen to paper uh but he says it's difficult to find out who that is. When I asked Mr. Bryce, he answered me with a riddle. He said, referring to the editor, this person, in order to get to them, you must play. And the start, the starting point, is chicken, is what he told me. So, the, Mr. Bryce gave a riddle to the Japanese translator, and his riddle was, and this is all written in Japanese, so I don't know exactly what he said in English, but I, the direct trans, I'll give you the most direct translation I can. It says, in order to arrive as in like arrive at your destination or arrive at the airport or arrive like physically go to his place uh in order to arrive at this person you must play with words and the start is chicken so, in other words, in order to get to this person's name, I'm guessing, you need to do something like um, play some sort of word game that maybe kids play or something like, I don't know, like something like in, in Japan, in Japan, we have a game where uh, one, one, one kid says a word and then the next kid takes the last letter of that word and starts another word with that word. And then you keep on going back and forth and back and forth. Uh, until you know someone can't think of a word um or like it takes too long and then you say they lost or whatever so he's saying that you need to play with words in order to get to this person which i'm assuming meaning that you're playing with words means that while you're playing with words that person's name will come up uh, and that's what he means by arrive at this person um and then he says that the start is chicken so I'm guessing whatever the word game is, you have to start it with the word chicken. 
and then eventually you will end up at the name of the person who's referring who's referred to by him that's an interesting hint so um number 19. uh line number 19 rhapsodic man's soil rhapsodic man is I can only guess that means rhapsodic. I I don't know what rhapsodic means in English, and I don't know what that means in Japanese. So I'm gonna just hope that it's rhapsodic. But just in case, I'm gonna go ahead and look it up on uh, on Google. See if uh, see if some interesting words come up. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Okay. English. Uh. Okay. So this is an, a little. This is a little bit interesting. So um, his direct translation of the rhapsodic man, uh, is a man of epics. So, like, uh, apparently this word is the word they use to refer to um, epic uh, tales. So, like, uh, the, the, the Odyssey, the Odyssey is, is, is referred to as this, apparently, from Google. Uh, I searched this word, and the first thing that came up was the, the Iliad and the Odyssey. Uh, so, it's referring to epics, which is, a, you know, a type of story from long ago. Um, and he said, I, I made a poor translation of uh, Rhapsodic Man as a man, the man of epics. I cannot solve this riddle. However, from the word Rhapsodic, think of a famous song. Then... You will know that the rhapsodic man is the man who made that song. Freddie Mercury, I guess. Uh, it's George. That's what it sounds. It's George Gershwin, Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, Rhapsody in Blue. Okay, George Gershwin. Okay, I, I was thinking of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Okay, so that, that's the end of the hints for poem number 10. And then poem number 11, uh, we've got all the keywords, and I don't even want to try and guess what that is. Uh, and then <laughs> hints for, I mean, it's like a bunny, rabbit, donkey person. Uh, so line number one, it says octave. Uh, octave, you know, obviously refers to the number eight. And in music terms, uh, one octave is, you know, uh, an octave of, of notes. However, octave is actually a proper name. So octave is actually the name of something. So octave is a proper noun, and that is directly from... Uh, Mr. Bryce, the editor, 
Uh, so the, the editor said that octave is a proper noun, uh, and he did not give me any other hints. Uh, so, so octave is a proper noun. That is the hint. Then there's a hint for 18 to 20. To achieve by dauntless and inconquerable determination. And he said that this is a direct quote from a book. And then he says, uh, similar to the last time, he says, Okay, so let's pull out let's pull out uh, the the encyclopedia or like the dictionary or wherever you would go to find a quote in a book, uh, and let's open it. So he he did not say turn it upside down uh, like he did last time. He said let's open the encyclopedia, let's open the dictionary, let's open the the place where you'd go to search for quote. In books. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the hint for eighteen to twenty, and it looks like okay. Here's the final, the final poem. Uh, lists all the all the keywords. These are the words you need to concentrate on, and then um, and it says line number one, M and B. This, these are the initials of two people. These are the initials of two people. However, with this information, you can't really tell what people they're referring to. So I asked Mr. Bryce, what do these people do? Like, what are their jobs? What what did they do? And he said that both of them are very famous song composers Mozart and Beethoven I guess yeah that's exactly what they are all right so he says uh, he says so um, what is what is M referring to what is what what composer is M referring to what is what composer is B referring to Um, and then it says line number two uh, Congress if you if you translate directly uh, is the American Congress, uh, which is he uses he uses kind of like the word like uh, the word Parliament, but then he puts American American in front of it. So he's like, it's basically like the American version of Parliament. So he's like, well, Congress refers to, refers to the American version of par- Parliament, but when I asked Mr. Bryce, he said that Congress is actually a proper noun, so it's the name of something. And he did not give me uh, any extra hints. So uh, I have no clue what proper noun it is referring to. Okay, then he says uh, line number two, R, line number three, L. Uh, This R and L are also referring to people. And according to Bryce, according to Bryce, R and L refer to one person, and it is a critical politician. And he gives a bunch of definitions of the word critical because, you know, he wants the Japanese users to 
Because you know anyone anyone who doesn't really take language learning seriously, if you tr- if you tell them like, oh, it means critical, and then they're like, oh, what does critical mean? They're gonna pull out like an English Japanese dictionary. And the one thing that I hate and that is really really horrible about um, one language to one language dictionaries is that most of the time it's got like one or two translations, and there's like eight bajillion, and it just takes the two most common, mm-hmm. or it just gives you one. Um, so he's trying to, he's trying to prevent that. So he gives a bunch of meanings of critical, uh, which, you know, is like, uh, dangerous, um, important, um, extreme, uh, things like that. And then, so it says like, uh, RNL refers to one person and according to Mr. Bryce, uh, it is a critical politician. And, uh, and then he says, do you have any idea who it is? I don't. Uh, and then line number 13, it says, rumble uh, is the, the sound of rumbling, uh, but what does that mean? Dot, 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 dot. So rumble is something that you should focus on, but what does it mean? If, you know, it's the sound of rumbling. Uh, I think this is more of a translation clarification, I think. Um, number 14, brush. Uh, there's a lot of meanings for brush. Uh, however, yeah, it's okay. Uh, I was, I was just thinking. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so, so he said, um, he said that line 14 brush, that this has a lot of meanings, but when I was asking him about, so he said that when I was asking him about the hints, he said he used words to contrast line 14 and 15 and line 15 is talking about like music, but line 14 is not so brush does not refer to music it is kind of like the opposite of music which would be like a different like so he he thinks that it's about a painting and then the hush is is something about music so um he says that the brush part is talking about a painting but uh okay so mr bryce said that something okay mr bryce said something that would make me think that brush was referring to a painting then on line 15 he says hush this means quiet um but but bryce mr bryce said one thing and he said after quiet that that's what he said and he does not give any attempt at tra- translating in japanese he just said when i asked him about the word hush on line 15 he only said one thing quote place after quiet quote and that is the end of the hint and then uh he starts kind of talking about the um after the colony is, he says, uh, 
Okay, so he said, uh, this is the end of all the hints that I got from my international phone call with Mr. Bryce. How was it? Did it help you out at all? Uh, also, um, he, uh, Mr. Bryce gave special advice to the Japanese readers, and he said, hold on a second, I'm reading. Okay, so he gives a hint, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out how to translate it. Um, he said, so Mr. Bryce gave a hint to all of the Japanese readers, and he said that you should start by analyzing the pictures. So he says that you should not try to read the poem first, as it will lead you into maybe some corners but that you should start by analyzing pictures. And then he says, in order to do that, you must read the combination of numbers that are written inside of the poem. So his hint his hint to the Japanese readers is before you go reading the poems look at the pictures then taking all of the numbers in the poems you can then take those numbers and put them into different combinations and join them with the picture and you will probably get a hint that was that was the hint. overall general hint uh, and he said, said that. Uh, uh, so he said. Also, keep in mind that when this when this book was made in America in 1982, uh, on November, um, currently it is 1983 uh, March. So it's already been about four or five months, and over 500 people have sent him uh, solutions. But none of them are correct, he says. So he says he definitely wants the Japanese readers to think of a solution and send him a letter. Or Japanese readers solving the puzzle. Uh, and he said, um, even though solving the puzzles is very difficult, that according to the right, it was a lot much, it was very, very hard to actually make the puzzles. Um, okay, so apparently, while he was burying treasure, constantly, uh, him question, take him in for questions. Uh, I guess. Still here? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. So apparently he said that. Uh, apparently he said that you know it was uh, it was very difficult to actually make the puzzles because uh, you know he would uh, he would be trying to bury these weird things with a shovel and uh, and police officers would stop him, take him in for questions, and I guess they probably thought it was like to bury a body or something. <laughs> I don't know. And so, like apparently. Apparently, he had trouble getting into Canada because he had a shovel and a bunch of weird stuff. And 
and the and the people at the at customs in Canada just looked at him with really weird eyes, like he was a weirdo. Um, so apparently, he's been to Canada. So I guess that's kind of a hint. Some of the some of the some of the stuff is buried in Canada, I guess.